want to talk to you about something pretty important this morning. I want to talk to you about the new season that God is bringing us and others and the whole world. I mean, across this whole world, internationally, there's, there's, this, there's this constant thing, it seems like the Lord is speaking, and that's, it's called a new season, a new time. Well, in the midst of the chaos, hey, we hadn't prayed for Ukraine. Let's pray for them right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we intercede for brothers and sisters in that, in that war-ravished nation, God, this morning. And, Lord, we ask you to turn that situation around. Lord, we ask you to miraculously, Lord, take care, protect, guard, and keep, God, and turn that thing around. Lord, cause the invading army to move out. And, Lord, cause your peace and your joy and, Lord, your reconstruction, Lord, to take place quickly for the glory. Glory of God. And Lord, we pray especially for believers there. And Lord, we intercede that you would help them. Lord, it's been so wonderful, God, to, to even in the midst of that war-torn nation, Lord, it's been so wonderful to see the intervention of God. And Lord, hear the miraculous stories of an intervening God into that situation. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that even in the midst of war, that you can protect and you can guard and you can keep. God, Lord, I ask you to bring a resolve, Lord. You're a master. Lord, you're a master. You're a master at bringing resolve. So, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you would bring a resolve into that situation. Miraculously, Lord, destroy that that is evil. That I'm, so I'm not talking about people. I'm not even talking about a nation. I'm talking about the devil that stands behind. That's the originator of war. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, that, that you would... Put the enemy that you would literally, Lord, bind him in the abyss in Jesus' name. And cause his work against the people of both nations, Lord. Cause the work of the enemy to stop, Lord, in Jesus. Cause aggression to stop, Lord. Cause aggression to stop, Lord. Cause the bulliness to stop, Lord. Cause it to stop. Help them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm going to talk to you this morning about something in, in the similar neighborhood of that. But it's in, I don't even call it a series because I don't believe it is a series. I, I believe the Lord has brought us into a season where we've all understood that we've got to know some things we don't know. And, and we must begin to do some things that we hadn't been doing and that we need to be able to change some things that we haven't been able to change. And so in that process, then... So these messages are coming out of that. As our hearts are crying out to God for God to, to cause the chaos to stop and the Lord to bring victory in us again. Now, I don't have to tell you, you, you watch your news, so you know the chaos of the world. You know the chaos of the nation. You know the chaos that's in racial issues. You know the chaos that's in all I mean, this COVID, this is a time of chaos. But in the midst of a storm, it's the perfect time that God wants to bring peace. Somebody says, why did God let this happen to me? Because God wants you to be a master of peace, just the same he was. God cannot only steal the storm. He gave us instructions in our lives how we could help be used 
used to steal the storms in our own life. So whatever you're going through, just get the strength of God down deep in you to be able to rise up and say, peace be still in the name of Jesus. And whatever it is that's howling against you, whatever it is that's whatever it is that the enemy is trying to bring his fearful thoughts in and among you, then in the name of Jesus, you just be a master of the storm too. You be a, I tell you what, he teaches us well, doesn't he? He, and so you stand up in the midst of your boat, in the midst of your storm, and you begin to speak peace through the power of God. And I believe, don't you? I believe that even the waves still have to obey his name. I believe that. I believe that the storm still has to obey that name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we're, we're talking about that. So we're talking about being closer to the Lord, being able to hear things we haven't been able to hear. Uh, back in the Gulf War, uh, there was, uh, it was, uh, a lot of us was just completely shocked because those that are of my age, old folks, okay, oh, that we remember even previous wars. We remember what it was in the Vietnam War. And, and we remember, because this thing, that was the first time that war was able to be televised. And so during the Vietnam War, we would sit glued to our station, especially because most of us at that time, we had friends that were there, who had friends that had died there, and we had friends that uh, were going there. And, and so during the process of time, so we would sit glued at 6 o'clock in the evening when the national news would come on, uh, they would bring those pictures of war to us. First time that could, could be possible where literally we were able to live the war with the people. And, and the horror of it is they would announce how many uh, U.S. soldiers had been killed on a daily basis and the things that were taking place. And then, but it gave us an audience of prayer. And so it, God used that. Now, during the Gulf War, so we were expecting kind of the same kind of thing. All of a sudden, on the scene, as uh, stepped on the, on the platform, was Wolf Blitzer. You may remember that name. Wolf Blitzer was a correspondent for, uh, for one of the major news, but he also daily, he gave us accounts from the war room. Now, the war room, uh, up, up before, literally what, Wars were conducted at a certain place. Um, there was uh, the, the strategic lines, so the generals had to be there seeing what was happening. And so war was kind of... But all of a sudden, Gulf War introduced a new style of warfare. The, literally, the war was being run from Washington. Uh, literally, in Washington was this war room in the Pentagon where the generals were set there on a daily basis. And they would determine what missiles were going to be shot, what planes were going to fly. They would have such strategic planning. And literally, they made the decision of what would have been formally done on the war field itself was now done in the war room. And we sat at, on the edge of our seats, and we were amazed. We had no idea that they had smart bombs. We had no idea that they had rockets that could go down two furlongs to the right, turn left, turn left, and, and hit its target dead on center. We had no idea that any of that stuff existed. And so what we did during the Gulf War, 
There's we sent glue 24 hours a day that we wasn't working in front of that television set and was completely amazed as to at what had happened in technology. That we couldn't believe that that kind of technology, even though we're li- we live in an area where that technology li- exists only miles away from us, but we on, on the not knowing end of this thing was totally amazed at what happened, and we could see such strategic things happening. Well, let me tell you what God also has a war room. And God is offering us, I tell you what, God's got some things that you and I have never dreamed of. And let me tell you what, God is equipped, honey. God is equipped to handle whatever it is that's going on in your life or against your life or trying to take you down. God is equipped. And just the same as we sat there on the edge of our seats with Wolf Blitzer on a daily basis, watching those rockets do things we had no idea that they could do. I tell you what, God's calling us to the very same position. God has got things that He's never used before. He's got a storehouse the things that He has for your benefit and to help you. So if we can some way get into our war room, some way learn the strategic weaponry that God has, and if I can be used, if you can be used to some way put this strategic weaponry to work, I believe we can again be amazed at our God and don't have to say, Oh God, did you see that mess? We can say, Oh mess, can you see our God? Because our God is able to handle it. So it's in the process there. So the Lord's calling us up, literally. Now in the book of Job, chapter 33, verse 16, it's some of those verses, 14 through 16. It said, for God speaks again and again. Uh, literally, that's what the Lord's doing. God is speaking. He's giving us the promise. He, he's directing us. He's leading us. And he says, um, I speak again and again. He said, but people don't recognize me. That's what the Lord is saying. Do you understand? God is saying that to our lives, to our situation, to what we're going through, to what we're facing. God is saying, I can handle this. I got this. I can handle this. If you can just hear my word, my voice to be operate in your war room. Praise God. So the Lord said, Do, the people don't recognize. Then it goes on to explain it. God says, I speak to you in dreams. I speak to you in visions of the night when deep sleep falls on people as they lay in their beds. He whispers in their ears. These are all the all ways that God speaks to us and talks to us and lets us be informed about what we can do or what we can believe for or that he can handle it. And so he said the reason he does those things is with warnings. It's with warnings. God is trying to head off things in each of our lives. God is going to be totally justified on that day. There will not be able to be one person that will be able to stand before God and point a finger and say, God, you failed me. Because God is not in failure business. He is in warning business and helping people to work with him to change things before it's too late. 
So that's what he said. It's in warnings. Now, there are several things, the reasons also that I need to hear from the Lord. Uh, number one, it's, it's the mark of the believer. You know, I know we think mark of the believer is sitting in church. Or it's wearing our, our three-piece suit. Or it's being able to sing the certain song. But that's not the mark. Hey, there's a mark. Hey, there is an inside mark. Everybody say there's an inside mark. There is a secret mark. There is a secret mark that God hath given to us. And it's secret because it's God is able to speak secrets into our life. Now, the mark of a believer, Jesus said that my sheep, what? Know and hear my voice. The mark of a believer is that we have come to a place maturely where we're able to hear God. Literally to hear God. Now, that doesn't say that if you're not hearing God, that you are not a believer. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying God wants each of our lives to be able to be I know we think there's a lot of things that's, that's proof, but the Bible says, Jesus said, this is my proof. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And not only do we hear his voice, but we know his voice. So God able to speak to us, Jesus said that this is, the, this is what happens, that my sheep hear and know my voice. And then it's also the revelation that we're the son of God, because the Bible says those that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So, I mean, it's important. Everybody say it's important. It's important that I hear from God, not only for the immediate situation, but for my life. For all time. I, I need to hear God talk to me about me. Now, the Bible is so wonderful. And the Bible tells us what to believe. Uh, but, and the voice tells us what to do. And so in the process of art, so let's look. All right, in the Bible, in John chapter 8, verse 47, it says, who, He who is of God hears God. That's what it said. He who is of God hears God. Amen. Uh, now let's, let's take a little bit of study with it, if we could. I want you to open your Bibles, if you can, to the book of 1 Samuel, because we're going to find out that here's a young man that had such a future in the Lord. But, but we find out that he didn't. He also, he did not know. He was not able to hear God. And so that may be each of us this morning. We may be sitting in here and knowing desperately we need to hear the Lord. And we don't know. We don't know where to start. Well, that's where the Bible, in the, in the Bible, wonderful. I think, man, I think we ought to just give the Bible a clap. Don't you? Man, don't you love the Word? Man. From cover to cover. We love that word, man. Woo, we love it, don't we? All right, First Samuel chapter 3. All right, beginning with verse 3, it says, The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Isn't that a wonderful word? I'm as thankful it didn't go out. Wow. All right, the lamp of God has not gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And that's important to see his position. Don't you just take notice, where did he sleep? Because in the process of you seeking to hear the voice of the Lord, it's very important for you to position yourself to be able to hear God. If you're still living the same position 
then things are not going to change. If you're still doing life as, you're, as you would do it, <laughs> hey, I got, I got a bunch of things that need to come out. <laughs> hey, hey, come on here, girl. Come on, come on back. <laughs> and I don't mean to make her walk, but at my age, have a look. Okay, all right, great. I want to pray for all mean people at this time. <laughs> but, but if we're going to begin to hear the Lord in a greater way, the things are going to have to change. My position must change. I've got to change some things. I'm going to tell you what, it probably wasn't too comfortable sleeping. At that time, the tabernacle was a dirt floor. It was built on dirt. It's where they traveled to. And so it probably wasn't an easy thing to sleep, but how many know sometimes the easy things is not the rewarding things? And so Samuel knew, I need to learn to hear God. He said, I need to hear Him. And so he positioned himself right near the presence of God. Now that's really important for our life, that we position ourselves. Somebody said, you know, Jerry, I can't tell the presence of God. Then start running around with people who can't. Start, start attending church services where people can. Man, I, I tell you what, some of my biggest battles in my life was won in church. I mean, the biggest battle, biggest battles with health, biggest, biggest battles against cancer, biggest battles, it was won in church. In my life it was. Because it's, it's something supernatural happens when the presence of God begins to come. And the Bible says there's a guarantee where two or three are gathered together in His name. He's there. So it's a guarantee is a guarantee where people come together in the name of Jesus. There is a guarantee of God's presence. I may not feel it. I may not can uh, take note that it's here, but it's here. Simply because the Bible says, amen. Now, I love, find a little bit of fault with, with my wife's preaching earlier uh, about the promises of God. Because every promise... Is yes and amen. Oh, it is. Oh, now you get to come pray for mean people. Oh. <laughs> well, well, see, it's good to have a wife that can straighten you out. So, <laughs> but but it's it's real important the position. So. Uh, a lot of my, a lot of my battles. In fact, I, w- I went through a two-year depression at one point in my life, uh, many years ago, and uh, it was I was I woke I wasn't given to depression, but I tell you what, uh, demons don't care what you've been given to. <laughs> uh, certainly, you're going to fight things that are in your family lineage and family line. Sure, that's going to be a part of the battle, but I'm going to tell you what: um, those ugly rascals can show up when they want to into a person's life. And literally what happened in my life, God by His Spirit spoke to me in prayer. I mean, God can speak in the middle of prayer. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. God spoke to me in prayer. And God warned me for two years. That's, I can so much say that because that's what the Word of God says. He whispers warnings. And for two years, God warned me. He said, Jerry, increase your prayer life. Now, I didn't mean to be rebellious. God said, increase your prayer life. He said, you're going to face some things. You're going to need to increase in prayer life. So I heard the Holy Spirit tell me that t- several times during my morning prayer time. 
And I said, you know what I did? Sure, God, that's what I need to do. I need to increase my prayer time with good intentions. I mean, no, good intentions doesn't get the job done. And so my good intentions was I'm going to increase my prayer life. But for two years, I didn't. And then I got up one morning, and when I got up, it was like no other morning I'd ever lived. It wasn't anything that changed physically, but everything had changed emotionally, mentally, and spiritually in my life. I woke up that morning, and all I could hear was screeching howls of, of the enemy. Literally, I could just, it literally, inside my head, that's all I could hear. I'd never been given to that, never had a problem with that. I, I'd never, never, never had that. And for two years, it took a year of dramatic situations in my life, and I sought everybody I could. I, I, man, I, I believe, I believe you find somebody that, and you know, I tell you this, if you're going through something, God's got somebody that's anointed to help you. So I anointed. I went as far as I could go, uh, New Orleans, wherever I could, trying to find people, counselors, trying to find psychiatrists, trying to find somebody, and no one could give me a help or an answer. The battle would not cease. I would just wake up, and it could be days, and I'd, I'd exist, and not even realize days had went by. And that lasted for a year. And then the next year, it was still much engaged, but I began to have strength to fight out of it. But during that period of time, what cared me, I couldn't wait. I couldn't stand for service to end. I couldn't wait for service to start because something would happen when you would come together gathering in the name of the Lord. Something began to happen. My battle began, the only place I found any life at all was in the midst of worship and praise in the midst of church services. And in the midst of worship and praise, because I always felt if I can find somebody that's made it through what I'm going through, then I can believe that I can make it through. But I literally, I could not find anybody that whole first year. That, that had made it through what I went through, and their life did not end up totally scarred. But what happened was, in the midst of praise and worship, when the church would come together, God began to open up a spiritual eye on the inside of me. I literally was sat there and weep and cry because I could see Jesus on his white horse coming to my rescue. I could hear Jesus say, I'm coming to rescue my son. I'm coming. That helped me. That helped me hold it together for that whole year. I'm just telling you, you got to position yourself. If you're going to win things and overcome things and come out of things, you got to position yourself somewhere though the presence of God can manifest in your life. All right, then it says, then verse 5 says, he got up and ran to Eli because he began to, he, hear the, he heard in verse 4, pardon me, I didn't read it. It says, suddenly the Lord called out. Now, I tell you what, things can suddenly change. I mean, you may be in a horrible situation this morning. You may not can imagine what things would be different. But I'll tell you what, God has suddenlies available. God has suddenlies. He didn't, he has not run out of suddenlies. God's got some suddenlies into for people's lives. So the Bible says that suddenly the Lord called out to Samuel. And God, and, and Samuel said, yes. And what is it? 
But he didn't understand. He, he did not understand that that was God. And you remember what we read earlier? But he said, God said, I, I talked to you time and time again, but you don't recognize me. You don't recognize me. You don't recognize my voice. You don't recognize it's me. That's exactly what happened with Samuel. Is that God started speaking to Samuel. In verse 5, he said, he got up and ran to Eli, who was the priest at that time. He said, here I am. Did you call me? And then Eli replied, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he did. Verse 6, then the Lord called out again, Samuel. I, I tell you what, the Lord is so... Uh, wonderful to help us learn his voice. If you're, if you've put that as a number one uh, need in your life, he doesn't mind. He will keep coming back. <laughs> I, I found out about the Lord, uh, you know, years, uh, because I thought that through that period of time, uh, there was a sense of worthlessness that came, tried to, a spirit of worthlessness that tried to attach into my life. And the, the thing that ridded me of that was the voice of the Lord. Uh, when I began to hear God, God always started out his conversation with me with these words. I love you, Jerry. I tell you what, I found such worth in being loved by God and being cared for by God. To where that sense... Of God's voice. I tell you, the Lord's voice is so supernatural. It's so powerful. God can say three words. I love you. <laughs> and it can totally change our life. It can bring us from hardness to sweetness. It can bring us from unforgiveness to forgiveness in a moment of time. That's why the Lord said that his voice is so important. He said he got up and he ran to Eli. He said, here I am. Did you call me? He said, no, son, I didn't call you. Six. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. He said, here I am. Did you call me? Eli said, I didn't call you, my son. Verse 7. But Samuel didn't know the Lord. Yeah, I want you to notice that verse. That's an important verse in this. He didn't know the Lord because he hadn't heard the Lord. I know we feel like we know the Lord. But the word know in the Hebrew is such a big word. <laughs> It's not, I know your name or I know your address. It's, I know your heart. So what God is, God is saying is what we have searched for in our life is to literally know God. That's been our search. And so many times we, we stop so much short of the goal. <laughs> uh, we come to God, names written down in heaven, going to go to heaven when we fly. I mean, we die. <laughs> Are we going to fly when we die? Hope and so. So, but we stop so short. The word "no" is a sexual term. Is it, what it's, it's from is is from intimacy between a man and a woman. It, what happens physically between a man and a woman is only 
a visible expression of something that happens spiritually. That, that's why that God said that marriage is a representation of the relationship we have with God. And so what God said, he said, you didn't know me because you can't hear me. That's what that scripture says. He said, you don't know me because you never heard me. And so it's not hard, is it? We can readily think. I mean, I, I, I was a smart quarter. Or, uh, we don't call it courting. We call it dating now. And so Lane's been my girl ever since she was in the eighth grade. We, we've been together 50-something years, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So you that were worried about whether I still had a wife after I said what I did earlier, you don't have to worry. She's... <laughs> but, uh, but before I, uh, before I knew Elaine, I found out about her. Because my best friend went with her. So. <laughs> so I, so I was, I was old and mature at, at eighth grade. See? So I, so I was checking her out, and I found out all these details about her. But boy, I'm sure glad I didn't stop with that. It's much better now. It's much deeper now. It's much stronger now. Amen. For the glory of God. And so that's what this scripture says. It says... You don't know me because you haven't heard me. So if, if there's no other reason in all the world to determine, I'm going to find out how to hear God. I'm going to find that out. It's just because... He can know me, and I can know him. Amen. So that's what it says in verse 7. It says that Samuel didn't know the Lord because the Lord had never never spoken to him, never heard the Lord. Verse 8 says, so the Lord called a third time. And aren't you thankful God will keep dealing in our heart? Wow. And, and you know, you, it, everybody say, learn to hear the voice of God. Learn to hear the voice of God. That's what it is, a learning process, man. I had to learn to walk with the lane. I'm still learning. All the time. I'm learning what makes her happy, what makes her sad. And, you know, and during the process of the learning, it is a process of learning to hear God and learning to hear the way He talks and learning to hear His sound. And, uh, because you can never guess out guessing. You're about the time you say, well, I tell you how God sounds. He sounds like the voice of many waters. Then next time He comes, He comes whispers, you know, to you. <laughs> or, or I can tell you how God sounds because... 
I had somebody come to me and, and tell me, like Jerry did last week, I, I didn't tell you the, the voice of the Lord. See? Then about that time, he'll come talking through a donkey. He did in the Bible. Amen. I mean, you can't figure him out. But, but, there's, but there is characteristics and there's the nature of God, no matter how it comes. When God says, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. Or we can say, I think that's the Lord. And the Lord loves for you to do that. Because when you say, I think that's the Lord, that means he can come back again. You know, I've asked the Lord now for about 35 years if he loved me. I do that. I try to do that every day. Because I just love to hear him say it again. I love to hear him say it again. Every time he says he loves me, man, it makes me complete. It does something in me. So it's just like Samuel. The Lord doesn't mind you learning in the process of it. God doesn't mind you learning to hear him. So he say. And one of the great things about being able to hear God, one of the great things you have to do, you have to allow your vocabulary to change. You have to let God change words. Because we're, we're so prone to just use materialistic words, words of knowledge, words of the world, uh, that we almost miss the, one of the greatest wonderful things we have and that's the ability to talk spiritual and so we reach out and we begin because really hearing the voice of God has had to be something you keep on your heart all the time and so our vocabulary then opens the door for that uh, number one thing that our vocabulary will do it will open up the door to draw other people that's hearing God to me I mean, if you just sport, if you just talk sports all the time, guess what kind of people is going to hang around you? If you just talk fishing all the time, guess what kind of people are going to hang around you? So what happens when you begin to use words like, I'm praying about that. I think maybe God's talking to me about that. I, I feel like God's dealing with my heart over that. And then when you begin to use words like that, then what it begins to do, it begins, boy, likes attract, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I mean, Lane's been for 50-something years trying to convince me how different she is. And I just have to keep smiling because she's just like me. But anyway, <laughs> oh, back years ago, I mean, I'm talking about like 40 years ago, Lane and I had a lot of marriage problems. And so... During the process of growing, man, learning to hear God about our marriage. And during, during that period of time, one of us or other would say, I don't love you. We didn't win that game until the other one finally come to a place to start laughing and saying, I know you love me. Go ahead. Say it again. I know you love me. You understand? It begins to attract. Whatever you're speaking out your mouth is attracting what you have in your life. 
So when you begin to use terms like, somebody says, you know, I don't have any Christian friends. Guess what? <laughs> somebody said, I don't have anybody in my life that will talk spiritual. That's because you're not giving out. The traction's not working. So what you do, you begin to develop vocabulary of the Lord. You begin to develop biblical vocabulary. You begin to use those things like, I've got to pray about that. I, I, I can't have to know you've got to know that, but I, I, I can't tell you that now because I've got to pray about that. And all of a sudden, yeah, you will be odd. <laughs> and yes, you will be a little different. But you're going to attract all of those that are different too. And before you know it, it's just not going to be you. But you're going to begin to attract people that would begin to speak to you with the voice of God. Because the first way that you hear the voice of God is through the Word. But the second way you hear the voice of God is through others that God uses coming into your life. So if you want to attract that other side, then begin to speak it. None of the... um, no, the clock's wrong. I think I'll just preach to 3 o'clock today. Is that all right with everybody? No, that's not. Uh, let me see. The, I don't. Oh, this time. Yeah, praise God. Wow. I tell you what, you, you give an old guy and you take away his clock, he can't figure out what to do. Oh, yes, Lord. <laughs> Come on, Stephen. Let's, uh, let's have a moment of... Positioning ourselves. I, I love the scripture in the book of Exodus because it, it's harmonized throughout the Bible. But it's so good because, because it says Moses climbed up to be with God. Wow, that's what it takes. If we're going to position ourselves to hear the Lord, we're going to have to climb up to hear God. We've got to climb up. I've got to be able to quieten the distractions around me. I've got to be able to steal, because the Bible says through stillness, I can recognize Him as God. I've got to be able to steal the storm in my own life. When somebody says, wow, I've got a lot to learn. We all do. We all do. But he's well worth the trip. Whatever it is that we have to do, it is well worth the trip, Lord. You're well worth it. I just believe right here in the closing moment of this service, I believe the Lord wants to tell somebody something. I believe the Lord wants to speak to somebody's heart over questions that you may have had. Lord, do I... Do I stay with this job, Lord? Lord, how can I turn my kids around? Lord, what can I do? We're not making it financially, Lord. What, what can I do? Lord, the health issue, I, I don't know what to do. Do I, do I need to go to another doctor? What, Lord, I need? That's why Jesus said he sent the Holy Spirit. He said he will guide you. He guides us through every difficulty of life. And He's jealous. 
because he don't want anybody else to have your secret. God said, you enter into that room, you shut the door behind you, and he'll whisper to you. That's what he says in Matthew chapter 6. God will whisper to you. I believe right here he can whisper to you. Oh, yeah, la, la. <laughs> oh, you love you, Lord. Lord, I believe. There's this first some people that need to hear something like the Lord. You feel a you, you hear the voice of conviction that you need to ask God for forgiveness. If that's you, slip, slip your hand up right here real quick. If you say, Jerry, I need the, the forgiveness of the Lord. Go ahead and raise that hand up to the Lord. Those are voices that we can hear of the Lord. The Lord sees that. Hold that hand up just a quick minute. We're going to... God sees... You're a faithful God to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us, Lord, if we ask you. So, Lord, we confess our sin right now. And, Lord, by faith, we receive your forgiveness.